0: Engineering, science, and design. They were everywhere I looked. It was impossible not to see them. Even in the history of Thanksgiving, I couldn't help but see the impact of design and the engineering slash science that informed it. The Pilgrims sailed across the sea in massive wooden ship, surviving months on the Atlantic Ocean, thanks in a large part to the soundness of their ships. Each one designed, engineered, and built with expert technique, From the complexities of fluid dynamics, structural engineering, and material science, these magnificent ships were born. A belief in a rational and knowable reality, and not so inconsequential prerequisite. Innovations in crop production allowed the pilgrims to survive in a foreign land. Thanks in large part to the native tribes, the pilgrims were taught how to grow food. Methods and techniques were passed down from generation to generation by the native people. Thousands of years of iteration, trial and error, experiment and observation, the scientific process in action. The modern day Thanksgiving Day meal you and I just enjoyed is a picture of the post-Enlightenment and Industrial Revolution world. We are completely surrounded by design. All of the food you purchased in preparation was found in likely one or two large food storage locations. We simply call them stores. How did the food get there? It was transported across the world in planes, trains, and semi-trucks with built-in cooling systems preserving the food and its quality along the way. Powered by jet fuel and diesel, engineered and designed by chemical engineers to optimize the power output and efficiency. You drove to the store in your hybrid vehicle, utilizing regenerative braking, among other new technologies, to obtain 50 miles per gallon fuel economy in the stop and go traffic of the city. The very roads themselves are a recipe of rock, sand, and binding agents designed to withstand years of vehicle wear. Stoplights are implemented on these roads to optimize efficient traffic flow throughout the city. It all works every day. This uh, is a excerpt from my recent Medium post, A Thanksgiving of Design. Uh, remember that I am posting on Medium right now about once a week, and you can easily go and find those just by going to the show notes for this coming episode. This is a little intro to today's episode. Um, so make sure you are uh, following Jason Bill, you we're Design 30 on Medium. And so you're gonna be able to see when these writings come out every week. Again, they're also posted on Substack. So if you are a Substack subscriber, you will be getting all of these different articles directly in your email already. So you don't have to worry about that. But either way you wanna go, I am now writing a lot more on Medium, uh, posting these and interacting with comments and people on Medium. So that is gonna be the place where most of my focus goes for the foreseeable future. So make sure you don't miss any of this. Make sure you are following me on Medium. Again, that link is in the show notes of this episode. And now let's get to today's episode. Welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Billiou, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope it was relaxing and full of food and fun and and watching football and playing in the snow and and all of the good things that come with Thanksgiving uh, this time of year, especially if you live in a colder climate uh, for the snow aspect of it. I was uh, thankful and happy that we actually got probably probably over i don't know if it was over close to 1 foot of fresh snow on thanksgiving day it was pretty incredible felt like we were living in a snow globe uh, or a christmas movie i don't know but it was it was really cool uh, really added to the overall experience had a lot of fun hiking in the snow and and the views were just incredible if you follow me on x or twitter uh, you saw me post a few of the photos of just some of the views that uh, I was lucky enough to see. So made it. made it a really really fun Thanksgiving. Lots of family, uh, busyness, craziness, but it was it was all totally worth it. And I hope you whoever's listening to this also had a great Thanksgiving. Um, as you are probably aware, uh, this is the first episode in the last two weeks. Or I guess. Uh, missed last week. Uh, again, it's one of those things that sometimes it happens. Other things take precedent in life. Um, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I was actually at a wedding in California. and this wedding was different than any wedding I've ever been to. The setup of it was was completely different, but I actually really liked it. What they did is essentially rent out a retreat center in the mountains. And they just had all the guests come and hang out at this retreat center for the weekend, which was really fun. And And it felt so much longer uh, than uh, when we were there, less than 48 hours, but it felt so much longer. And it uh, we did a lot of uh, somewhat like camp sort of games, which, you know, at first you're like, oh, I'm too old for this. But then you actually get into it and you're like, oh, actually, this is super fun. And you have these teams and competitions and you're actually getting to know people. And I think that was the thing that really stuck out to me is at a normal wedding, you might connect with one or two people at the table you happen to be sitting at. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe who you're sitting next to during the ceremony, but you don't really get to know people. But this whole weekend, even though it's less than 48 hours, you still you you know you really got to know people. You were hanging out with them for a long time. You were eating with the, p- the people three meals a day. You were playing uh, different games and sports with them. We did an early m- morning workout on Saturday. All these different things too that, that really did a good job of just kind of organically bringing people together and building relationships between people. So that was, that was really fun. A great example of of design being used in a different way, right? Like the goal of this wedding, if you were thinking about it from a design perspective, uh, was to bring people together, was to build relationships, and to also allow people uh, some time to relax and reflect on and kind of separate from their busy schedules and busy lives. And I, I think they did a really, really good job of that. And actually, today's topic for this episode which I am titling "Training, Not Trying," came from this wedding. That this wedding, that was kind of their tagline for for the wedding or for the weekend, because uh, the couple or two people who are incredibly motivated, incredibly disciplined, um, people who just um, you know they loved being able to tap into their own potential and they loved helping other people understand and tap into their potential. So it was, this was the, the motto for the weekend training, not trying. And I thought, you know, this is actually a really good um, phrase, a really good way of thinking and looking at uh, design and how you should be preparing yourself, building yourself, training yourself as a designer. So to start, I want to talk a little bit just about kind of the the two implications or the differences and implications of these two words, training and the word trying. So first starting with trying. This word is to me a little bit more passive. It's like, oh, I can try it. I can can give it a shot. There's no really build up to it. There's no uh, like greater purpose. It's just, I'm just going to try this thing, right? So there's a lot more passive term, and it's it's non-committal. There's not a a commitment with you. You're just trying something out, right? I'm just trying it out. There's no commitment associated with this word, Um, at least the way that I'm thinking of it and the way that I'm thinking about it in this phrase of training, not trying. Uh, Again, there's also, to me, it doesn't uh, insinuate any sort of discipline. It's not like you've been practicing for years to just try something new, right? Like, oh, I've been training forever to try this one new thing. Like uh, technically, you could do that, but the word trying doesn't uh it, it doesn't insinuate that you've been training. That's hence the title training not trying. Um there's no intent to learn or grow, I would say, in the word trying. It's much more as I said earlier, it's much more passive. It's this word is just kind of you know, give it a shot, try it. I think the, the tone of my voice is probably the best way to really uh, communicate what this word means, at least in the context of this episode. And so to to kind of sum that up, trying, it, it takes a lot less effort. And I think the best way maybe to wrap it all up is to say that when you're trying, there's not really any skin in the game. There's no commitment, dedication, discipline, passion, uh, all of these things going into it. It's just, you know, there's no skin in the game, but you're just going to try this thing out, see how it goes. So let's uh, uh, juxtapose that with this term training. Okay, so how is training different than trying? And How should you think about this differently? When you're training for something, there is commitment to it, right? You got to get you're training for a marathon you got to get the right pair of shoes you probably have to research a little bit the right pair of shoes you might even have to test out a few different shoes because your shoes are going to be hugely important to how long you're going to be able to run without injuring yourself and how long you can train without injuring yourself there's a discipline aspect to training there's just this kind of inferred It's like, well, if you're going to train, you have to be disciplined about it. You have to have a schedule. You're going to be getting up early. You're going to have different metrics and goals that you're trying to hit, and you have to be disciplined for it. You can't wake up early and be like, "Nah, I'm tired. I'm not going to try this today. I'm not going to train for this today. I'm just going to sleep in. It's like, no, you're training for this. You're committed. You're disciplined. Uh, There's uh, The purpose behind training is to learn and to grow. So, the nice thing about training is, if you fail at something, if you can't quite do something, that's not the end of the world. It's actually part of it. You're supposed to be pushing yourself to do things you've never done, pushing yourself to failure, especially when you're you're running or you're lifting different things like that. You're trying to push your body to to accomplish things you've never accomplished before. If you just try something and you fail, it's you know it's like well you just tried it that once and so now you failed at that. Well, let's try something else. But not in train. In training, you're you're pushing to failure on purpose, learning from it and growing from it. So again, right there is one of the major differences between training and trying. And it the point of training again, it's it's a buildup, it's a progression. You're not supposed to be an expert when you start. Uh, so that's a, one of the reasons why failure is more ex- acceptable. Uh, yeah, I would say when you're in this training phase a failure is acceptable. Not that you should ever just accept failure and be okay with it. But in training, you're accepting that you will fail at some point, but you're not okay with it. You're using it to grow, using it to learn your, are understanding why you failed and then you improve it the next day. Or you understand that the whole purpose was to push yourself until failure. And so there's no reason to, uh, no, it's not a failure in, uh, more typical ways of understanding failure, it's, it was, was the purpose of the workout. So in that way, it's, it's actually a success if you push your muscles uh, to, to failure in that situation. Um, and often with training, you also, you're going to have a schedule and some sort of method associated. There's some, uh, there's some sort of formula. There's a recipe. There's something that you're following. Again, this is connected to discipline. It's com- connected to the commitment. But you also have to schedule these things out. You have to build a training regimen. You have to uh, come up with a list of books to read. It really depends on what you're training for. But there is a schedule to it, and there is a method to it. So I think to sum up, the biggest difference between training and trying, in my mind, is with trying, there really is no skin in the game. It's much more passive. And with training you are committed you're disciplined and you are approaching this with the purpose being to learn and to grow so that's training not trying so what are a few examples of this in our real lives in our ordinary lives well the first one that i think is really easy to apply is when you're searching for a new job are you just trying to get a new job, or are you training to get a new job? So if you're just trying to get a new job, eh, you fill out your resume, make sure it's up to date, um, use, you know, some of the the words that you think your industry wants to see, and then you just start submitting to a few random jobs here and there, right? So you're trying to get a new job, but you're not, you're not really fully committed to it. You're not putting a lot of time into it. If you're training for a new job, this is taking a whole different perspective, taking on a whole new vibe, right? So, you would be looking for opportunities to build skills at work, you'd be looking for new opportunities to go to trainings at work. You're looking at a different, you're paying attention to different experiences you're having, maybe you're taking notes on those experiences. And you, those are things that you can use in an interview. Those are things you can use in a cover letter of different accomplishments, maybe issues or problems you've worked through, uh, whether those are technical problems or interpersonal problems. Um, and then when it comes to actually writing uh, a cover letter and updating your resume, you're paying really close attention to the words you're using, you're looking at the terminology used in your industry. Uh, There's different websites that you can use to actually compare your resume versus the job listing and make sure that you are using the right terminology, you're addressing the different skills that the job listing asks for. Um, There's just a whole new level of commitment and discipline and purpose, but when you're when you're training for this new job, you're not just trying to get a new job, you're training to get a new job. You're 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 putting in the time, you're putting in the effort. Again, you've got some skin in the game. Uh and it's it's much more than sh- just shooting out a random resume that it was put together half hearted to a few jobs here and there. Right? You're you're not very likely you might get a job that way. It you know it's not impossible but you're not very likely to be able to get that job you really want. You're not very likely to to stick out to the people reviewing these resumes. So that's one area that's very applicable for a lot of people of where this training mindset versus trying mindset could actually have some very real and very uh, beneficial implications. Uh, Another uh, just quick example is Let's say you're a product designer and you want to build your sketching skills, okay? Like uh, sketching is a big part of it. It's helpful to, to communicate your ideas, even helpful for you as you're trying to brainstorm. You want to improve your sketching skills. So if you're trying to improve, you're just trying. You're probably, you'll probably you sketch every now and then, uh, probably when you have time on the weekend, maybe late night, uh, watching a TV show, and then... You just kind of leave it. You don't really have an overall goal in mind. You don't really have a plan. Maybe you haven't even thought about what kind of products you want to be better at sketching. Just kind of drawing things that you see here and there. Trying to improve your skills, right? But if you take this training mindset, so you're training to be a sketcher. You're training to improve your sketching skills. This is going to be a much, much different approach. This is You're going to have a schedule each week where you're going to sketch for a certain amount of time, maybe every day that week during the evening. Okay. So that's your first thing you're building up the schedule and then you have to have a goal. What type of product are you trying to improve your sketching and buildings with And, and find a bunch of examples of that product and just work it work sketching that specific thing until you till you're noticeably better at it uh, find a youtube video and maybe once a week you're watching youtube videos on how to improve your sketching skills maybe there's different uh, ways to practice different um, little techniques you can pick up from it but you have some sort of uh, knowledge based uh, section built into your weekly schedule and then finally If you're training to build this, you're also, you you need to have some form of way to understand whether you're improving or whether you're staying the same. So a good way to do this is start posting your stuff. Start posting it on social media, uh, show it to friends or family or coworkers, and actually start getting that real feedback from real people. And that's a great way to understand, okay, am I actually improving at this? Uh, maybe there's a little positive peer pressure there. If you're going to be showing it to people, you want to do a better job. So that's how, if you're training to improve your sketching skills, there's a, a whole lot more to it than just, I'm just trying just, you know, I sketch once or twice a week and then nobody looks at it. I never look at it again. I don't think about what I can improve. Right. So again, very easy way to see the difference in these two different mindsets, this mindset of training and this mindset of just trying. Uh, another common one we touched on a little bit earlier is weightlifting. Uh, if you're trying to get in shape, uh, you'll go to the gym a couple times a week, lift some weights, do a few lifts that you've seen before, uh, but not really any specific goals, not uh trying to work specific muscles, just you know lifting things here and there a couple times a week, right? This is something that I personally need to work on. This is something that I I tend to struggle with a little bit. I don't always love uh, scheduling out and really uh, honing, focusing on these workouts. Um, Sometimes it's kind of fun just to go and, you know, I know a few good workouts to do, a few different lifts I like doing, but that's, it, it doesn't produce the results often that we want, right? And I've experienced that. I need to I need to work on this. I need to work on training in the weight room, which <laughs> it, obviously that uh, you would assume you're, you're lifting weights, you're training, you're training your body. But you need to have that training, not trying mindset. So that's, you have an exact schedule of the lifts you're going to do. You have your reps laid out. You have your sets laid out. They're going to push you. Uh, they're going to push your muscles to failure. You you know how much weight you're planning on lifting. You know how much weight you lifted last week. You know where your goals are to uh, increase the amount of weight you're lifting this week. You know where you want to be by the end of the year and you're following that regimen. You're following that schedule, or, you know, rain or shine, whether you're feeling great or you're not feeling great, whether you're maybe a little sick, maybe you're a little worn out, you're still getting to the weight room get into the gym and putting in that time and that's the difference between training and trying right there Uh, finally on a little bit more of a uh, design note if you want to uh, use empathy to improve your design skills how do you uh, train empathy into or how do you train to use empathy you can try I mean we all try to use empathy at times and you're And sometimes you're more successful than others, but you can actually train this. You can train this skill. And what does that take? Well, that takes understanding it. So there's a lot of reading. Maybe you pick two or three books um, specifically about how to implement empathy in your design process. Um, A great one that I've mentioned quite a few times is Creative Confidence. Uh, Those authors spend a lot of time in that book talking about this. And I know there's a lot of other books out there, too. Um, so right there you're you're reading and you're kind of building up your understanding of what this this thing is uh and then you start practicing it start uh, just pick out uh some device, some tool maybe that you're using, and just almost implement this idea of empathy in in your own experience with that product, trying to understand how well it works what's frustrating about it what's not what's not working with it, what works really well, what makes you uh, happy with that product, what makes you love that product. Uh, so that's can be an easy first place to start. And then you start doing it with other people, start observing other people using products. And this, you know, this is going to take a little bit more time, but maybe uh, if you are a product designer at work, you can, you can just start asking your manager for more time, visiting customers. You can start reaching out to more customers just to get feedback Uh, Maybe you can implement some sort of uh, a process or, or some sort of, uh, I don't know, a way for, for you to record customers using your product in ways to do interviews with those customers. So you can compare how they're using it in real life to how they say they're using it, uh, what emotions that brings up, uh, what they enjoy about it, what they don't enjoy about it. Uh, There's you know the whole nother level of just actually focusing on this. Well, it's only one design skill, of course. That it, it branches out into a lot of other design skills, but that ability to focus on it and come up with a plan to schedule it out and be disciplined, so that you're consistently working to improve this one particular skill. Right. So that's training. Uh, that's that's commitment. That's not passive. That's the pursuit of learning, the pursuit of growing. That's how you build towards something and that's how you progress. So that's kind of this whole idea of training, not trying. And those are a few examples of, of different ways. I think a lot of us can actually implement this. And the biggest thing for me right now is just kind of working on this mindset of training, not trying again, like I said earlier in this episode, there's almost a freedom to training, right? Like if you fail, that's not the end of the world when you're training for something. That's information, that's data. You can figure out why you failed. You can improve on it. Sometimes failure is the point. It's like, okay, good. I pushed myself to my limit. I know where my current limit is at. Now I can figure out ways to move past it. Now I can figure out ways to to improve and move forward. So that's all I want to say on this for today. Again, I just want to leave you with this phrase, training, not trying, and just spend some time thinking about that. Uh, I'll be back next week with a new episode. Uh, We still do uh, need to finish off the design thinking process. So there will be another episode on that. Uh, As I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, I'm posting a lot more on Medium, and would love for people to go there and and read these different articles and share them with your friends or family on social media. Uh, please comment if you have questions, uh, please comment on those. Uh, I'd love to interact with people a little bit more on and just get their feedback on their ideas and hear what they think about my ideas. That is always a ton of fun, so please don't hesitate to do that. Again, you can find the link to my medium in uh, the show notes for this episode and as always please rate the podcast share the podcast subscribe on youtube follow on instagram and on x and with that i will leave you uh, with this phrase that i've also come to really enjoy and something that has really been kind of the guiding principle behind this podcast and that is to design more to spare less Thanks for listening. Have a great week.